You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. So is it a matter of better uh, getting more of the money from the source and less of it going to the platforms? Or is it a matter of finding new ways and new uh, sources of revenue? It's a combination of the two. One of it is just being like the low hanging fruit. Like let's, let's talk about lyrics. Um, Mike, and this isn't a loaded question because I don't have the fucking answer either. How much money are you making right now on people looking up Ice Nine Kills lyrics from the 27 different lyric websites that are getting millions of hits uh, weekly from not just your band, but all bands. What are we getting from that? Yeah. Zero. Who knows? Who knows? Right. They probably owe us both money and we're going to have to go, you know, hire an attorney and do a bunch of stuff that takes our eye off the ball of actually building the artist's career is going, hey, wait a second, some lyric site owes us money. And you yeah. get it at I mean, 100, the tour date site. They don't right. technically owe us anything, but like, right. you know, we're not getting... We're not getting paid from bands in town. Bands in town is asking us to pay them to promote, to, promote, to promote our fans that we put into their system. It's endless. Every element of the business is like that on the internet. The only places that are fundamentally where revenue is coming from, we're getting royalty rates from the music streaming and YouTube videos. And... Um, if you have a website and you're selling t-shirts and stuff, all that, that's cool. But there's this whole other world that really like, you know, you look at what influencers are able to do, like YouTube, for instance, I give this example. And I think from what's going on now, artists are gonna be more proactive in this, but like, you know, the main thing artists can monetize on YouTube are their songs and their music videos. But you guys know it takes two years to get 10 or 12 good songs. Right? Yeah. With a YouTuber, they can say, hey, look, I'm hanging out in my cabin in quarantine. Do, 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 do. That's the video for today, and the video for tomorrow is going to be this. Now, doesn't mean the artist can't do that. Some artists, I mean, I know some athletes are, are doing it. They're constantly creating content that can monetize. Even if it's fractions of pennies, it all adds up. But the music business on the internet is very, very uh, exposed right now. Because, like, it started this conversation, the, la the artists are calling the labels looking for help. And the labels are going, okay, well, of course we want to help you guys, but what's in it for us other than the artists being happy that they can lean on their labels? And a lot of times there's nothing in it other than maintaining a great relationship 
And, you know, as Mike and I both know, we toured in vans. We, we know the grind. It's like, it's very powerful when you can call your manager or your management company or your label and get them to help you. I know a lot of managers dig deep in their own pockets and credit cards to float artists if they're, you know, financially stable enough to do so and hope that they get it back. Um, and, and that's, you know, those are challenging things, but I do think that there is a big solution and, and that solution is going to be a, a new platform that is by the music business for the music business. Well, you touched on something there that I'd like to ask both of you, and it's that idea that there are uh, athletes and celebrities and, and musicians who are creating content that isn't necessarily their athletic prowess, their uh, uh, acting, for example, or, or songs, but they're leveraging their brand as a way to generate some income. So, like you said, you can't, you can't write a song every day and put out a new video for every song, but you could leverage your brand to put out a video every single day that can then be monetized to a degree. So, I guess a, a question to both of you, and, and Mike, if you can go first, sort of like, what does this, uh, you know, the, what we're talking about and what Ash is bringing up here about the disappearance of uh, and uh, the, the dependable source of income, the touring, just further expose the need for bands to develop and leverage their brands better. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the most challenging thing, right. For many of us is, you know, Ash, I, I love what he's, his ideas. I've talked to him about it many, many times. You know, the challenge is the, the reason in some senses why others have built the platforms is those of us, and releasing the material, doing all of this. Go back five seconds, something happened with the audio there. Oh, I don't know what, we all good? Yeah, we got you now. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say, <clears throat> I guess I'll, this gives me the opportunity to answer the question first, right? The question is, are we able to go and look at the band as a brand more so? Yeah, I mean, look, one of the things that I've always tried to do as a manager is do that with the existing tools that are available. You know, I'm an entrepreneurial spirit, but while I'm making sure that the car continues to go down the road 75 miles an hour, because all the other cars are going down the road, some of them 60 miles an hour, some of them 90 miles an hour, and we're trying to keep up and figure out how to jockey into position, it's really hard for me to look under the hood, figure out whether or not the engines are running the right way, whether or not I got the best transmission, whether or not the tires need to be rotated right so this gives us for the first time me as a professional as a manager we've done this 15 plus years the car stopped it's not really moving um so we can go in and look at all of this stuff analyze it figure out what can be improved what can be replaced and ultimately what ash is talking about is you know i guess building a better motor system right a, a better highway and what I can say is I'm focusing on, you know, the brand stuff, understanding that the, the existing highway is the existing highway. I love that there's somebody thinking about, yeah, is there a better highway for it? But ultimately, I think bands have wanted to do this. Managers want to do this. Uh, <clears throat> the business wants a better business. The challenge is, again, how do you, when you're trying to keep things moving, um, how do you find the pause to be able to build that better business. 
So Ash, any, any thoughts on that, on band versus brand? Are you talking to your artists at all about how to leverage their brand better? Yeah, I mean, some, some are, like I said, a lot of the, the harsh reality right now is what are they actually able to do? Are they in five different locations? Um, you know, Blink-182 just did a very clever video that was all the different members playing on their own and then intercutting it with fan-submitted footage, and they made a really fun music video that I thought was, was very well done. Um, but, yeah, you just have to be as active as you can. I mean, look, the good news is, you got an iPhone, most likely. I still don't have a new one, shame on me, but the new one's camera's brilliant. Um, there's things you can do to, to keep people uh, entertained. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest takeaway from this is what else can you do besides get on stage to make money and make your band bigger? And that's really what we're forced to think about. From, from a creation standpoint and from just like a harsh reality of, of the music business standpoint, you know? Um, and it's not up to, to Mike to, to figure that out or to any of us as individuals, but it's definitely the ones, especially the ones that are owning the labels and the management companies that do have liquidity um, and, and do have the relationships to band together and figure out those solutions. Um, and you know, I I sat with this. The, there are, there's going to be a documentary that comes out to help ramp up what we're doing uh, with with Bands.com. But in the past year and a half, I sat with some of the most powerful people in the music business, the heads of their department, the CEOs of certain companies, and I expressed I didn't know it was going to be a pandemic. My thing was, what if somebody you know gets sick what if um you know they they have a, a loved one get sick what if tours are, are going to go away because of things outside of our control never thought it was going to be the virus though I, I i never saw this one coming like that um but i sat with these people and i said what do we have you know digital asset wise and, and digital platform wise that we that we truly can control and and be prepared instead of relying on Silicon Valley and all these third parties to do it for us. And again, I don't want to spoil what's actually going to be done properly in this doc, but you know, no, nobody cared. Nobody cared. It's probably very similar. And I'm not comparing myself to him, but just from reading about the music business, it's probably very similar. Um, that what Steve jobs went through when he was like, Hey guys, iTunes, you know, the, the flip side to COVID is record labels. You know, if it was 20 years ago, they'd probably be in a lot more trouble, even though there's, there was so much money back then. But no one's going to Tower Records in the middle of a pandemic to go get a new album. The silver lining in all this is now kind of for the first time, truly, record labels being 95% digital actually is a fantastic safety net for what's going on. Um, Again, I'm supposed to say this for the doc, but Mike used to manage my band, and he's fantastic. So I'm, I'll say here first in case. So this way, at least it's time stamped in case anyone else says they were the first to say it. What Napster and the, you know digital before there was iTunes, what Napster did to the record business, COVID nineteen has done to the live music business, and we were not prepared digitally the way we should have been. 
and we're scrambling in the middle of, in the middle of the pandemic to figure it out. Instead of going, oh, all tours are grounded. No problem. This is what we're going to do instead. And we were completely caught with our pants down. And that's, to me, again, that's what's embarrassing because live music, things happen. People go, people get sick. People go uh, on hiatuses. They go to, to um, AA meetings, as we saw with, with Metallica and uh, a lot of the festivals with Wimmer. There's all these unpredictable things that can happen. The difference is obviously, you know, Metallica is going to be fine because they have an incredible body of work and they're one of the biggest and best bands of all time. But again, for the mid-level bands, which is the majority of the business, they're scrambling. They're calling me and Mike going, what do we do? What do we do? And another thing that was, that was mentioned in the meetings with these very, very powerful executives was, well, the platform you're talking about, you know, creating, you know, Beyonce's not going to use that. I go, we don't, it's not for the top 3%. If they want to come hang out, that's great. It's for everybody else that is like, oh my God, you know, people can afford Adidas and Converse. Not everyone can afford Gucci or Louis Vuitton. That doesn't mean that an Adidas store in the same shopping mall as the Louis Vuitton store ain't going to do great. And so there's, there's been a very, there's been a very big disconnect with the powers that be and the section of the music business that is not the top 4%. And now it's wildly exposed. It's wildly exposed. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs>